which means I talk first. Action. Action. Three, two, one. I literally was like, you talk. And then just like pointed. <laughs> yeah. It worked. It, I, I talked first, so. Were you just about to say I worked? I don't know. I don't think I so. I was just like, trying to say words, honestly. That's, I worked. I did it. I, I, I worked. Good job to It me. happened. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Teachers Talk. We're going to talk about teachery things today. This is week 57. <laughs> Might as well be, honestly. <laughs> Stranded on this island. <laughs> I want to start by saying that yeah. I was listening to our other episodes and I feel like oh, a jerk for why? just constantly complaining about my year. So I'm going to not do oh it as much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just listening. I was like, wow, I'm just nonstop complaining about myself, complaining about work. Really? Com- like, I just felt like I was complaining about my classroom. So to all the parents that do listen, just know that I adore your children and it has nothing to do with... Um, your child funny (laughs) it's just a tough class it's a tough class but yeah I will I'm gonna be more positive put more more positive vibes out there so that I manifest yes I can manifest and receive positive vibes I love that for you thanks I need to manifest waking up (laughs) because I'm still (laughs) asleep currently yes still zombie mode that's okay it's Sunday it but tomorrow's Monday. But we have and we have the day Labor off. Day, so, so life is great. I love three day weekends. Let me just tell you that this should be a thing. That's what okay. Constantly. So that's why. Do you remember I asked you that a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Or would you rather probably, have longer days? Yeah. Would you rather have four longer days and a three day weekend? Because to me, because then you would so divide the eight hours on Friday into Monday through Thursday. That's just two extra hours a day. So if you that's were to, a lot okay not That's really. a lot of hours okay so let's say instead of coming in at seven forty-five, we come in at 7 because it's 6 45 okay. is too early but we would have to be there at 7 instead of seven forty-five, and then we'd have to stay till let's call it 4 45 no it'd be like kids five. leave or we are there we are there because I would be fine with that. There's potential there. I would prefer to have like an hour or two longer days and then have a three-day weekends. Because think about I, how awesome three-day weekends are. Oh, yeah. They're I would amazing. prefer that they keep the darn schedule well, and yes. then take okay. out Friday. <laughs> but we can't do Personally. that. <laughs> well, well, Texas is doing it. Are they? They're doing Wednesdays. So I heard. No Wednesdays? Yeah, there's like, sorry. <laughs> Taylor just, just like picked something up. this thing off of my desk. desk. It's not my desk. You don't want to know what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's undies. It's undies. <laughs> Love that. Oh, my sister is like doing this marketing for this brand. Oh, They're cute. like supposed to be uh, travel oh. undies. I'm like, why do you need travel underwear? Un- underwear like, is underwear. That's so silly. I mean, it's soft <laughs> and you can like roll it into itself that's fun it literally says let's go it does urban shout out un- to you urban undercover undercover oh underwear. okay anywho what were we talking about I don't oh know. yeah just texas three day weekend they're doing something with like a wednesday off because there's not enough teachers oh, i think okay well that's so that's, that's like another problem within itself uh, yeah i, I was mean, stopped by we met so first of all this week was just absurdly crazy it was just such a weird week I don't know if you're about to sneeze. She's trying. Oh, I lost it. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's because I said something. My high key just lost it so hard. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I was looking at the I ruined sun. your sneeze. <laughs> um, 
I don't know if we should talk about what happened at our school. I had the same thought. Let's just say we had, we won't go into details, but like we didn't have school on Thursday due to a threat and the threat was not real, but they took it seriously, which we are grateful for. Uh, We also had an hour lockdown on Wednesday. So it was just a wacky week for us. But with that being said on Thursday, it was a half day. Oh, and then Friday was a half day. Yeah. So it was just such a weird week. Um, but I ran into somebody from high school when we were getting coffee on Thursday and he was just kind of like, can I pick your brain about schools? And even him who he, he does like not, he's not a realtor, but he like buys and sells houses and stuff like like that. Property owner. Yeah, sure. But even he's like schools what's going on with schools right now <laughs> let me tell you i was like let me tell you so even i i don't know i think that just goes to show that even people who aren't even remotely like he doesn't have kids he doesn't know anything about how the school system is no. right now but he literally was like did our school fail us and i said yes yeah. yes it did <laughs> for sure but i just thought that was interesting but yeah it was a wacky week it was a wacky week i'd do it again well, like not in the same circumstances, but like I'd take another Thursday off. <laughs> yeah, but you know what that means is we're going to have to make that day up. Yes. And I was talking to Megan. No, it's said, like a thing. She said it's probably going to be that that Monday that we have off in a couple weeks. What? Yeah, because technically the reason we have that day off is, is because we have too many hours in the school year. So they just are giving us that day off. Then why would we have to make it up? Well, because, because now we're, we're less, we have to be exact. We can't have too many hours and we can't have too little hours. So now that we got that day off, we have to replace it with a day that we were supposed to have off. I think it's like Rosh Hashan or something like that. So that's a religious holiday. Well, that's the reason they did it was because they were like, let's pick a, um, cause what is that? A Jewish it's a Monday. holiday? Yeah. Oh, holiday. Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. yeah. Um, they wanted to pick like some other holiday that but what about we the wouldn't. What that are Jewish? Yeah, I know, but they don't, that's not a normal, that's not a typical holiday we have off. Like public schools don't have well, that off. We should. And they should keep it off. Yeah. Well, let's replace it. Mm, never. <laughs> we don't have that option. <gasps> Come on, Megs. Because then I would remember <laughs> two years ago, three years ago, when we had that electrical whatever yeah, happened. So we had that day off. Or the generator broke. And we were supposed to make that up on Good Friday. <laughs> but joke's on them. But then COVID hit. <laughs> so they were like, well, not all today, online sir. anyway. That was madness. Was that weird? was just madness, like mm-hmm. wrapped in a year, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> generator breaks, COVID hits, world falls apart. That's how we're starting this year, honestly. That's what it feels like. What? <laughs> not two even. days in a row we had a lockdown and then oh, we had the yeah, day yeah, off yeah. it was but just not weird extreme no like, not that extreme <laughs> let's let's not go back there. no i don't want to go back hard pass anyway any hoozle we are talking today <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to say uh, follow us let's do that at the beginning follow sure. us on instagram we're so close we want to hit a thousand followers tell your friends we like tell your co-workers it's like I know, know, like goes back a little bit. It's because we failed to post. Look, we're really struggling. Instagram is changing to videos, and let's just say, no one wants to do that. Instagram, get over it. You mean the reels? Yes, because like every post I see is now a reel, Mm -hmm. and they're like trying to go full video, and I'm like, look, no, (laughs) like TikTok is its own 
social media platform for mm-hmm. a reason leave the videos to tiktok like that's you so funny because i love watching yes, reels on instagram you don't have a tiktok i do i have both yeah but you don't you're not on tiktok <laughs> enough for it to like figure out your algorithm <sighs> once it gets you it gets you and it's well, creepy that and that's great. where my instagram is at my instagram gets me right now no it sends me wedding videos it sends me does someone want to be our instagram person Ooh. we i will pay you in hugs hugs and, and maybe like the occasional meal yeah and lots of love and like constant shout outs positive affirmations yeah can we someone need, run our instagram we need someone at work though it has to be someone at work <laughs> let me pay you in love please just and a weekly coffee and a weekly i can do that we are happy to sponsor a weekly coffee. I think so. Just come run our Instagram account because your girl can't. And like, just you have to come to us and say, "Hey, we're taking this picture. Go and then take it and then yes. we're good." Yeah, that's it. And then boom, post it. Because you and I are both failing at that right like, now. It's just I don't even run my own personal Instagram account. Like I haven't posted since summer. Yeah. Well, I think I posted when I moved. Yeah. And then David posted when we moved again. That was but a cute picture. It was. I was like. He's you like, this is post. my, this is my world in a picture. And I was like, I literally like teared up. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. That was very, very sweet of it him was sweet. to do. And then I was like, well, can I pay, like post the same thing now? I you don't can. know, but we'll see. It was mm. very sweet. But yeah, like I don't even go on Instagram that often anymore. It's very yeah. seldom. I'm a TikToker now. Yeah. And by TikToker, I mean like a passive TikToker. <laughs> Listener. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a TikTok, TikTok I watcher. I consume all the information that like I don't necessarily need. It's so funny to me life. because even like when you're getting ready, I just remember in DC, you'd be like doing your makeup and yeah. I just hear you scrolling through TikTok. Oh, yeah. I'm like, how are you doing both right now? I don't know. I just like, I'm more like the TikToks that are like stories mm-hmm. that like either tell you something factual or... I like recipes. Mm. Um, yeah, wedding TikTok was super fun. Yeah. Like, this is five things that I would do all over again. Oh, yeah. I, like, that's what I love those because yeah. I'm getting lots of ideas. I know. And it's just like, I like the information. <laughs> I don't like the, I'm not the dancey TikTok. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm not in the whatever Gen Z. What's below us? Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm not a Gen Z TikToker where they're like dancing and singing. I'm like, no, give me the information. Like, <laughs> tell me what I need to know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's fine. Is it true? Who knows? Are they recipes? Yeah, they're great. They're wonderful. Sometimes, especially as like we get into fall and you oh. start to see like more fall recipes. I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, save save that's why i texted you yesterday i was like flagstaff oh my god (laughs) because flagstaff sounds fantastic this week is gonna be hot 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 (sighs) so hot brutal brutally hot oh how brutal i like how you asked me if there's anything else to add and then like went on another five minute tangent yeah sorry guys (laughs) we'll get to teacher things in a second but i'm sure you're really excited to hear about our weather and our life updates speaking of weather weather equals world and world equals the global achievement gap, which we're talking about today. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. Look at you. <laughs> the segue. I'm just so creative. That's the top notch segue right there. Weather equals world. world Weather equals world. <laughs> world equals. 
what we're talking about today. The globe. The globe <laughs> is equal always to the global happening. achievement gap. The global achievement global. gap. Part de. Part de. Dos. Um, I can't I remember. I to think how to I say can't it. remember how to. Do um, it. No, that's not right. Do it. I don't know. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, it's do it. Because David and I were like, yeah, someone was like, do it. That's like, probably no. true. I don't remember what one was, but I remember what two. <laughs> I should remember. I took Italian in Italy. So, oh, you, well. would, you know, when you don't use it, you lose it. So true that. And no. with that, we start. <laughs> <laughs> we go off on another five minute tangent. <laughs> yes. Pumpkin spice lattes. No, I'm just kidding. Do it. <laughs> um, okay. So. I'm going to go. <laughs> Let me readjust my mindset. I need to because this is good stuff, guys. This is good stuff. I'm excited. So the first episode I did on the global achievement gap, I really just did the introduction and the um, first chapter, which was a lot of information. But I'm telling you all, read this book if you want more detail on it because he goes, uh, Tony Wagner, the author, goes into so much like so many um, studies and things that kind of just show how our uh, how well our education system is working for us, or how not well. Um, <laughs> there, you being facetious. <laughs> so once again, this is the Global Achievement Gap by Tony Wagner. It is why even our best schools don't teach the new survival skills our children need and what we can do about it. I'm going to be going over chapter two, which is the old world of school. That's the title. And then I'll go, I'll just do a brief kind of summary of chapter three, which is about testing. Um, And then very brief of chapter four, which is reinventing the education profession. And then um, let's see, I have chapter five, literally two things on motivating today's students, because that one That is a big chapter that you can read on your own, but I didn't necessarily want to cover it because I really wanted to go into how schools that are working, like what schools that are working or how Tony Wagner sees these schools that are working. But I'll start with chapter two. So the old world of school, Tony Wagner describes kind of the first time he realized that there was this achievement gap and it was when he was visiting um, some schools basically that that claimed that they were early college schools that kind of combine high school and community college courses so that students can get college credit while they're still in in high school. So like those AP courses Mm -hmm. that we would take. Um, These schools wanted kind of some assistance in determining what quote unquote rigor should look like in a classroom and then assessing the progress um, that their grantees were making as they strive to ensure that all students were quote unquote college ready. So he visited 18 classes within a three-day time period. Him and his team concluded that only one out of 18 classes appeared to be adequately preparing students with the skills and level of intellectual challenge that they would need in college. So these schools that are claiming that they are preparing, that they're preparing these students for college, one out of 18 of those classes was doing adequate work well and we can totally attest or at least like I remember in high school my friends that took AP Mm -hmm. like I kicked myself in the behind now like in retrospect because it was literally the same class yes I just got well in my opinion I liked the non-AP teacher better (laughs) but you're like that's just I didn't get 
the credit yeah for an AP class and I totally could have taken it because it was so like it's really not that much more no. rigorous than what no and all we you have to see do is in like our regular pass, classes like, a different test at the end mm-hmm. yeah so I'm gonna read kind of just his words I didn't want to um paraphrase just because this part kind of explains what he saw in these classrooms so he says students are in groups of two and three mixing chemicals according to directions that are written on the blackboard once the mixtures are prepared they heat the concoction with bunsen burners according to their directions on the board they were supposed to record their observations on a worksheet i watch a group of three young men whose mixture is giving off a thin spiral of smoke that isn't being heated something that none of the other student speakers are doing one student looks back at the blackboard and then it and then at his notes then all three stop what they're doing apparently waiting for the teacher who's sitting at um, her desk Mm. to come help them so then he asks the group what's happening to your mixture i don't know one mutters we must have mixed it up wrong what's your hypothesis about what happened why is it smoking the three look at one another and then the student who's been doing all the speaking looks at me and shrugs do you know what a hypothesis is? I press. My question is greeted with blank looks. Finally, their spokesperson says, we had it on a test as a vocab question. Isn't that like the idea of what's supposed to happen? So these three kids who have been among the most academically able in the school to be in this AP class were taking a course where they were supposed to be learning college level skills and content. But what I'd seen barely qualified as an introductory cooking cooking class as all they were doing were following the quote unquote recipe that the teacher had copied onto the board. When their cake flopped, so to speak, they had no idea what to do. So I found that like kind of eye-opening because these are AP classes and these students didn't even know what a hypothesis was. Not only that, but like the teacher was at their desk. At their desk during a... Not to judge. No, but like during a science experiment, they are experimenting. Right. You should not be at your desk. Hmm. So that to me... No, exactly. And that's, that's what he says is like, this is where I really realized that there is an achievement gap between the students that we supposedly think are getting college ready versus the minorities in these other schools. Um, but yeah, I just found that to be wild when, so he says when Newsweek creates its list of the best high schools in America, all that it looks at is the percentage of students taking the rapidly growing advanced placement programs. The high schools with the greatest number of students taking the most AP courses are considered the best. Yeah. Because all of the kids are, clearly getting what they need exactly obviously (laughs) i mean they're like they're basing it off of how many ap courses that they have not basing it off of system yes yes they're not basing it off of the content or the rigor of these courses but just the fact that they're titled or even the execution in which it's conducted exactly like shouldn't you be (laughs) okay Exactly. So Tony asks, to what extent are students who are currently taking what we consider rigorous courses in our high schools learning these seven survival skills? So if you remember from my last episode, I talked about the seven survival skills of what they're expecting these um, workers or new um, basically functioning human beings in society. Yes. So what they what Tony thinks as the seven survival skills that we should be learning before graduating high school so that we are college ready so that we are 
career ready, career ready, everything. Um, and he says, based on the previous scenario, it doesn't seem as though students are learning these skills no. at all. I yeah. mean, they couldn't even show problem solving skills. But how many times have you heard that from like people in our generation and like all millennials are like, we learned nothing to equip us for the lives that we're leading yep. currently. Mm-hmm. Like even when it comes down to simple things like learning how to do balancing a checks, a checkbook yes. or taxes, taxes. or what a, like how to manage your mortgage, like mm-hmm. all of that given is financial, but like, but they it, also took out like home economics. Yes. Like, yeah. And given those, I don't know, <laughs> might seem floofy. Like mm-hmm. they're not even there. Like they're not even an option. Mm-hmm. Would work out. Like, yeah. I don't know. Shop. What's the car? The, the, the class that you could take in high school where you work on like cars. mechanics. Mechanics. Thank yeah. You. Oh, David's little brother got into like a specialized school where he goes after his normal high school mm-hmm. and he goes to like mechanic school. Isn't that? He, it's super hands on. Oh, what's that called? I have no idea. But they have like a baking one. They yeah. Have They've had, they have it for one. like firefighting. They have it yes. for a lot of things. Yeah. And yeah. I can't remember. He loves it. I was considering that my senior year Smart. for baking. Yeah. I mean. And I just never did. But it makes sense. At least you're getting more skills than they teach you at the yeah, public. I wish school. I could remember what that was called. Don't come at me for that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep going. But um, again, this is this chapter is describing like the old world of school. So this is old world as in current. As in now. Yeah. And okay. even I mean, this next point, you walk into the main entrance of most suburban schools, and the first thing you see are glass cases on the wall filled with trophies, which are celebrating various sports championships so school spirit in most american high schools still ebbs and flows according to how well their sports teams are performing but look at society like i'm sorry but that's not just a school issue like we're paying our athletes our professional i'm going to say this because this one irks me like professional athletes get millions of dollars Mm -hmm. and i think that's utter (gasps) bullshit I guess I'll mark this episode as explicit now. <laughs> Either that or just edit Yeah, I'm just going to oh edit that God. one out. Um, anyway. Your um, face. <laughs> I think it's total crap that athletes get paid millions, millions and millions and millions of dollars to play a sport. And like my dad has the argument of, yeah, but they're like the top percent of mm-hmm. athletes. Yeah. I'm like, I get that. But yeah. like. What are they doing for society besides like entertaining us? Entertainment. I mean, and that goes for actors but and like, everything. We are literally educating the next generation yeah. and we get paid enough to survive. Are oh, you yeah. joking? No. And you talk to anyone and they're like, yes, teachers should get paid more. Teachers should get yeah. paid more. And then like, and it then just you doesn't see that. happen. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Or like people that, mm, never mind. <laughs> we've gone on this mention too many times, but I yes. heated. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> like drop bombs in here. <laughs> oh man i will not get over that one um (laughs) anyway so yes a lot of our high schools revolve and even this was in this was my high school our basketball team was champion like we were we were champions three years in a row and yes our everything revolved around that our marching band was also 
championship, whatever it was. But did we did hear about, care that? about that? Not as much. So it just, it, it is a bummer that that's kind of the way our, our society has gone. Like I love sports just as much as the next person. Mm-hmm. I do. I just don't think they're worth millions. Oh yeah, no. Someone fight me on that, please. <laughs> I would love to argue that. Well, even so, this next point also says that parents and community members and even educators sometimes forget that the real purpose of high school is to produce students who are capable mm. citizens Weird. and participants in our democracy. So, yes. meaning students who know how to solve problems and add value both in their communities and in their workplace. Yes. Like that is the point. It's not yes. just about winning. teams and games and things like that yes I think that um being a part of a team is important yeah and I and I that's why I appreciate you know the parents that do put their kids into sports at a young age Mm -hmm. because I think it you learn a lot of valuable skills agreed but it's not it shouldn't be over academics Mm -mm. like you can I'm fine with them being on an equal playing field sure but you should never but the academics have to yeah, match. They have to match yeah. the, the, the sports. Yeah. Agreed. The quality of teacher preparation, like continuing professional development and mm-hmm. supervision is very low in our nation's schools. Almost all state tests for which teachers have to prepare students are computer scored, multiple yep. choice assessments of factual recall. Again, this is something that we talked about a lot last time and it'll be, you know, within this episode as well. But this is often referred to as quote unquote test prep and a growing number of people believe and even studies suggest that teaching for the sake of succeeding on the test and national standardized tests is quickly becoming an epidemic in our nation's schools that is profoundly infecting our students and their ability to become critical thinkers which we said last time is that you're not they're being tested on facts and multiple choice they're giving multiple choices and that doesn't help with any sort of critical thinking skills no and these tests are just simply not designed to assess any sort of reasoning or analytical skills by any means and then i wanted to I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that, but no, I have a little blurb I was going to read on here. So there was a study that was done that was funded by the National Institute of Health, which is one of the largest studies of its kind. Researchers observed more than 2,500 first, third, and fifth grade classes in more than 1,000 schools spread across 400 predominantly middle class public schools. And then here are just like a few of the things that they had mentioned or that they found within this study. So they said that fifth graders spent more than 90% of their time in their seats listening listening to the teacher or working alone and only about 7% of their time working in groups. And then the findings were also very similar in first and third grades in fifth grade. And, sorry, go ahead. No, no that's just, just shocking. Yeah. 90% of their time. It's just listening in fifth grade. More than 60% of students time was spent on improving basic literacy or math skills while less than 25% of their time was devoted to science and social studies. We like history. Um, the average fifth grader received five times as much instruction in basic skills as instruction focused on problem solving or reasoning. So this ratio is 10 to 1 in first and third grade, meaning that they're just focusing on basic skills rather than problem solving skills. 
and then kind of just the summary of what they saw across all three grades. Typically, over the course of a 20-minute period, instruction involved only one method or mode, meaning vocabulary worksheet or watching the teacher do math problems, and teachers gave generic feedback on correctedness correctness rather than encouraging extension of student performance or discussing alternative solutions Mm. so again that's just like that just goes to show what's happening in schools across that's that's over 400 districts yeah that's not just like a couple schools that's that's over 2,000 schools across or I'm sorry over a thousand schools which is just mind-blowing to me that that's still happening where we're just giving worksheets and talking at our students for a long period of time and we've said it before no one likes to be talked at even as an adult no like clearly it's not working people not at all and a lot of this is because of no child left behind the curriculum in both elementary and secondary schools all across the country is being limited only to what's being tested and that's according to a study conducted by the nonpartisan center center on education policy so again they're just looking at there's over 81 percent of districts reported that they changed their curriculum at an elementary and middle school level to emphasize test content and skills which is just they like that's them admitting that yep we changed our curriculum based on the fact that we had to basically teach to a test teach to a test yes and I know I keep reading from this uh, from the book and I'm giving a lot of that but this next part kind of blew my mind a little bit um with it's from a girl named Jennifer Bower Jennings at Columbia University and she's a researcher essentially and she one of the first researchers to describe a test score improvement strategy that focuses on borderline students. So this is coming from a researcher Mm -hmm. who kind of claims that this is what we should be doing, essentially. She says, using the data, you can identify and focus on the kids who are close to passing, Mm -hmm. what are called the bubble kids, and focus on the kids that count, the ones that show up or transfer in, um after October won't count during or toward the school's test scores this year. Take out your class's latest benchmark scores and divide your students into three groups. Color the quote-unquote safe cases or kids who will definitely pass green. Now here's the most important part. Identify the kids who are suitable cases for treatment. Those who are the one those are the ones who can pass with little extra help. Color them yellow. Then color the kids who have no chance of passing this year and the kids that don't count, which are the hopeless cases, in red. You should focus your attention on the yellow kids. They'll give you the biggest return on your investment. No words. Yeah. That's from a researcher who said, this is what you should be doing, is focusing on your yellow kids, the ones that have a chance. You'll give the biggest return on your investment. I, I understand wanting to reach the quote unquote bubble kids mm. like those are our tier two students mm-hmm. like what we refer to as our tier two students that need just like a little oomph right like they just need a little extra totally support get that mm-hmm. but to neglect an entire group of students because, because they're, they're unreachable they are you're joking quote unquote like, hopeless cases what do you expect i cannot believe she used the word hopeless, hopeless. like where do you expect that mm. mm-hmm. yeah 
And I, I like highlighted that and put like five question marks. Like, are you joking? Are you joking? So that to me, I'm like, and, but that's what did Tony say to that? Was he like, um, this girl is absurd. Let's see. Cause I'm sorry, but that's not okay. I'm trying to see if he like prefaced it with. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, this is, he's just kind of making the point of like, this is, these are teachers and people who believe that that test prep is the only way to teach is to teach to the test. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it is heartbreaking that that's, that is people's mindset. That's people, that's how people think. They're like, you know what? I can't reach those red kids, but let me at least try the yellows. Let me get get the middle kids. Let me get those middle kids up so that my scores look good so that I can get paid. Oh, the whole my (laughs) score. Exactly. No. Um, Tony also discusses the comp, the quote unquote competition and studies that were conducted based on how we are doing versus how other countries like India and China and Singapore are doing. Um, for the sake of time, I obviously didn't like go through the whole study mm-hmm. but uh it's just not looking no. too good for us it hasn't looked good for us in years no. i remember going to college and hearing the exact same thing exactly and yet we've done nothing exactly nothing but here's just what he summarized he said it would seem that education reform in india china and singapore is moving in a direction that is exactly the opposite of ours as we work to close the achievement gap between middle class students and and economically disadvantaged minority students by requiring more and more multiple choice tests and measuring the success of our schools and our students on the basis of test scores alone the risks of not attending to the global achievement gap achievement gap increase every single day like I get it Mm -hmm. I get where no child left behind came from right like they wanted to make sure that every school was being accounted for people were being held accountable Mm -hmm. but it was also 20 years deep I was gonna say that was 20 years ago we need to realize and recognize that it's not working and I know that they've made changes Mm -hmm. like I know that Obama made changes to it yeah but we clearly need something it's vastly not, different it's not than working. what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Because it just keeps getting what seems to be heavier and heavier Yes, on society. Exactly. And just looking at our students who, second graders, had to start the year by taking... Oh, God. Standardized test after standard, standardized test. It was, that's all it felt it like. Everything, everything was just a test, a test, a test. Like, let's see where they're at. Let's see where they're at. Which I get. You cannot teach unless you know where your students are at. In some regard, I don't need Galileo to tell me where my kids are at. Because yeah, no. guess what? They don't tell me anything anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. But that is chapter two. Just kind of the old world of school slash how schools are now. <laughs> Um, chapter three, I won't go too deep into because we've already talked about it so much, but it's titled, oh gosh, excuse me, (laughs) just choked. Um, it's titled testing one, two, three. So this chapter dives deep into examples of state tests and how these tests are not testing the seven survival skills. And again, you can kind of go into this book and look at like actual examples of tests and students writing. Like a student wrote about Harry Potter and it was like, it was, I think it was supposed to be a high schooler and it was very basic writing, very basic writing. (laughs) So again, I'll be very brief with this chapter, um, but you can definitely go back and kind of read how Tony outlines these state tests. 
With this, though, he did raise two questions that are less frequently explored in the debates about No Child Left Behind and the high-stakes tests that all students are now required to take as a result of the 2002 law. So these two questions he asks are, to what extent do these state tests assess the skills that matter most for work, citizenship, and college? And then the second one is, what is the impact of teaching to these tests on students' motivation to learn and to stay in school? Again, I think I said last time, and I think it's in this chapter, that he stated the one of the biggest reasons, or like 50% at least, of the reasons that people leave college or drop out of college, or not college, sorry, high school, is because they're bored and they have no motivation to learn. Because but who of, can blame them? Exactly. We're reading out of a freaking textbook. Exactly. And then this I found to be like, hmm, yeah, that's eye-opening. Um, imagine that you were on trial for your life for a crime that you did not commit, and the jury that would decide your fate consisted of people who had completed high school having studied what was required to pass state tests. How confident would you be in your jurors uh, that your jurors would know how to analyze an argument, weigh evidence, recognize bias, their own and others, distinguish fact from opinion, and balance the sometimes competing principles of justice and mercy? Could you listen with both a critical mind and a compassionate heart and communicate clearly? Would they know how to work with others to seek the truth? And I was like, no, no, I would not have any confidence in the jurors. (laughs) uh, It's so scary, which I'm going to go on a short tangent about Mm -hmm. jury duty because I have experienced it. And I thought it was so interesting. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoyed I was a four day trial and I actually really enjoyed being a part of a jury mm-hmm. i know this like doesn't have a lot of relevance but the way in which our society looks at jury duty is kind of like a testament to our education system like what we are doing in jury duty is actually amazing it's the important. fact that we get the privilege to sit on a group of our peers and analyze data and work together like you said to seek truth mm-hmm. is something that is so beautiful and should not be like looked at in this poor regard like so many american oh i have jury duty like no you have jury duty Mm -hmm. like you have the privilege of sitting on a trial Mm -hmm. to determine someone's fate and you can't take that lightly no because no matter how big nor small like it's a big deal it is and not every country gets that Mm -mm. so yeah but then again it goes back to what you're saying like it's terrifying mm-hmm. the people that can be on. If I the was panel. on trial for my life and I looked over and saw what, like, yeah. I hate to say, like younger 20 yeah. some year olds, I'm like, what was your education like? Because now I'm worried yeah. for myself. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So that I just thought was kind of a little, yes, eye opening. Um, and then. He says, what's more critical, memorizing the periodic table, which is constantly changing, or knowing (laughs) how to get relevant information when you need it, and then being able to explain what it means. Yes, we can't just just teach. Exactly. We can't just teach and test everything. Teachers today are trying to do it all. They're trying to cover it all. And this is just a recipe for frustration and failure. I mean, bottom line is we just can't, can't test all these skills because there's just there's no way there's no No. way you just have to teach you have to teach what you need to teach and 
like and we need to get out of this rote memorization phase yes, that yes. we're like slowly creeping out of but I yeah I think so um but in today's world it's no longer about how much you know that matters it's about what you can do with what you know exactly I love that all right. Chapter four is just reinventing the education profession. This is more focused on what our education programs like as teachers are, mm-hmm. are failing us to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not about like, not about what we can do. Um, I don't know if it necessarily has, okay. I'll have, I'll read through it, but, okay. um, I, I definitely shortened this one a little bit because okay. I really wanted to go into schools that are are working. working. Yeah. Um, but if our one goal as teachers is to improve student learning, which this should be the biggest goal, no matter what is to improve our students learning. The first problem that you have to work on is how to improve teaching and coaching teachers. So if you remember from my last episode, Tony did like whatever seminar or talk and he does them all over the country. And no matter what video of a lesson he plays, he always gets a score of either an A to a D or I think that's what I said, A to D. So that means that every teacher has a different opinion on what a good lesson is. (laughs) And that's, that's a little, that's a little scary. I think knowing that We all went to school to be a teacher, right? I mean, now, not so much because you can be a pretty much a teacher. Um, You can literally be like a high school kid now. Yeah, you can. college student. (laughs) But they're not requiring certified teachers anymore to teach. Like we are going backwards. We are literally going backwards. We do not. I don't understand it. But this hit rock bottom before uh, we... What is rock bottom? Because this is what it feels like. Where we're at. (laughs) But I liked this. um, This is kind of how I feel. And this is what Tony states as well. He says, I graduated in June and felt completely unprepared for my new profession. I was now a fully certified and credentialed teacher with a framed degree and a Mm -hmm. state certification paper to prove it. Today, by the standards of No Child Left Behind, I would be deemed as quote unquote highly qualified because of my degree and subject content preparation. The trouble was, I really didn't know the first thing about teaching. I felt I'd learn absolutely nothing about how to be a good teacher in my master's program, and they were going to set me loose on a bunch of high school students. It sounded like a little bit uh, dangerous to me, and I yeah. was like, yeah, I, my well, master's, I am a master's student, and I don't think that helped prepare me to be a teacher in no, any way. No, and in I anyway, that's why I feel so lucky mm-hmm. to be where we are at because out of college, I had the opportunity to either go immediately into being a homeroom teacher Mm -hmm. or take the position that I did at the school that we're currently at. And Dr. Jeffries actually talked to me about like what it means to be a TA. And I thought that that was the most important thing I could have done for my career Mm -hmm. and its longevity. So basically what I did was I started my first year as a teaching apprentice. So I worked under a master teacher who at that point had, I think, seven years under her belt, maybe eight, but um, it was Carter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Carter. Um, but yeah, so I basically watched her ma- and like her, basically her master the craft mm-hmm. of teaching and learned from her, learned the curriculum, like sp- kind of got my feet wet, dipped my toe in the water Mm -hmm. and learned how to be a great teacher 
before ever taking on a class of my own. Yes. And what a world of difference that makes. Mm-hmm. Like it is very seldom that you can throw a person into the teaching force and they can just like take off. Yeah. You know, and be There are people that can do it. There are. I mean, we have some. We yeah, you know, we've like, seen it. Yeah, we've absolutely seen it. But, but it is not those are the teachers you lose mm-hmm. so quickly. And those are the ones that burn out. And those are the ones that are always one step behind. Yes. You know, like not sure where to mm-hmm. catch up, you know, and make ground. Well, but. and that's why I'm terrified of we no longer need to be certified because being certified means you also did student teaching typically. Yeah. And even where I went for my bachelor's, we did not need a full year of student teaching. It was just one semester. So I highly, highly believe that you should be doing a full year of student teaching where you're learning, like you said, Taylor, where you're learning from a master teacher and not just a teacher who's on their way out and they just need help. It needs to be somebody who is ready to take on a student teacher who can mold them into being a good teacher. And that's what, yeah, that's where we're failing is we're, we're going backwards. Yeah. We're going backwards. Well, and yeah, it's, there's a teacher shortage and we're not, oblivious to that Mm -hmm. like we're not oblivious to that but it still doesn't like make up for the fact that we're throwing college kids into classrooms on their own now Mm -hmm. that's not okay without any experience yeah no it's not okay no no it is and we need to stop doing it (laughs) there's got to be something that we can like just flip and do something differently there has to be someone has an idea just reach out to elon musk he might do it yeah (laughs) Let's find those billionaires. Yeah. Hey, sponsor. Hey, look. <laughs> Listen. I need you. <laughs> um, so Tony Wagner states, he says, I truly believe that viewing and discussing videos of teaching and supervision is the single most effective strategy for improving instruction for all schools, yet it is almost never done. I mean, how often do we sit there and watch videos of other teachers? We've done it. We've done it. But it's not often. But it goes back to like some of the teachers that we're watching. I just think of the one video where you yes. and I were like flabbergasted yes. at what was going on. And they're like, wasn't that phenomenal? And I was like, but You're that's the point. That's joking. the point is that we're all looking but, at this same video and some people are like, wow, that was amazing. And some people say, but when do you uh, get streamlined? Like, what are, I, what are the credentials? Do we need a rubric? Yeah, like, I don't know. I can see where it's helpful, but I also feel like you have to be streamlined on what is a good teacher mm-hmm. what makes a good teacher because yes. well that's, that that's where like, we're struggling is yeah. we don't know we don't know and that's it's really hard but many like many students that seem to be graduating from education programs without these skills and knowledge um they need to be more effective teachers like they don't know how to be a quote-unquote effective teacher so more than three out of five report that schools of education do not prepare their graduates to cope with the realities of today's classroom which is so accurate I mean Uh, yeah try like five out of five five five. or like (laughs) 4.5 (laughs) 4.5 (laughs) 4.9 but I liked this point that teaching like performing art or a sport is indeed a live performance yes. under pressure. Yes. Teachers too need expert coaching and regular critiques of their performance in order to improve. Yes. That's why our headmasters 
and just other people are always in our classroom like on a weekly almost basis and it's so casual it is other teachers get all weird about it Mm -hmm. like I'm at the point and yeah at first like it's intimidating yes like you want to be the best teacher you can be and I totally acknowledge that but like now that I'm in year six like it's been a normalized thing from day one it feels so good just to be like hey Tay did you realize that you used the word guys guys (laughs) instead of ladies and gentlemen or Mm -hmm. whatever yeah like or even it's I just so helpful. hey do you realize that you're only calling on students on this side of the yeah. classroom when yes. you teach yeah no I you're did only not calling realize on that. girls exactly you're, yeah yeah um and then this is kind of the last point I'll make on just the um reinventing the education profession and um I'll have you look at it I started oh my god a million times <laughs> in my book um it, it says so from and I know I keep saying Tony Wagner but like he obviously did a really good job writing this book and he had a lot of his own um opinions and things in it as well but he says I have found that educators today are profoundly demoralized and union leaders know this as well teachers no longer believe that their profession is well respected in this country what I am proposing raising the bar for both the initial training of teachers and for continuing certification while also increasing their salaries as professionals and providing more opportunities for advancement by creating new master teachers and mentor teacher roles would increase the status of the profession and likely result in more individuals wanting to become teachers. My proposal would also have a growing appeal to the rank and file of the teaching profession as retiring teachers are replaced by new generation who are less interested in tenure and want more opportunities to collaborate um, or for collaboration and intellectual challenge in their work. Thank you. There you go. Like (laughs) that was written in what? It was revised um, in 2014. I think I said revised in 2014. Yeah. Um. It's 2022 and we're more demoralized than ever. Yeah. Like even more so. This is ridiculous. Yes. Like, why have we not made any move? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was the whole red for ed movement. But like, um, sorry, <laughs> my paycheck very like looks very much the same. It does. It 100% does. But we are. We are not seen as equals to... Mm-hmm people with master's degrees like we look at master's degrees we're like wow (laughs) oh my gosh like you're just doing so well for yourself and then I don't know I just feel like people don't give us the same respect no at all no so why aren't we taking these steps why have we done nothing nothing yeah call me naive and young but like someone has to do something eventually we need to just I feel like we just talk about it so much, but there's, there has to be something. But that's the one thing that you and I can do. Like this is our, our platform. Mm -hmm. Like this is our way of splitting, splitting, spreading knowledge to the world about something that we're so passionate about that no one's making a move on. Mm -hmm. Like we are not politicians. No, I have zero desire to get into politics. I don't, I don't have the energy for that. I don't have the mindset for it. Like I can't handle that. Mm-hmm. But somebody out there by hearing our voices, I pray is like, you know what? Yeah, it's time. Mm-hmm. And these are answers. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can only do so much. We can. We can only do so much. But I'm so sick of it just being passive knowledge mm-hmm. constantly. Constant. And that's the thing. We constantly get told oh, teachers, teachers 
Yeah, we uh, love you. We love you so much. You, have you deserve to such be paid. Hot, like your job is so hard. And literally, just yesterday, I was doing my wedding hair trial, and she has a five year old. And I told her I was a teacher. She's like, "Oh my gosh, your yeah. job is so hard." Yeah, your job is so. It's hard. either your job is so hard or. Oh, but you get summer months off. And I'm like, I have yet. I haven't heard that in a while because I will rage. I just got that one. And I was like, get out of my face. Literally shooketh. Like (laughs) I just stared. And I was like, "Uh Mm -hmm, mm uh-huh. Yeah. mm -hmm. You're so right. We get all summer off. We get summers off. That's, yep. I just cannot. Something needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Like those are actionable things increased teacher pay shocker like whoa what else did big he say? news increase their salaries better. and um provide more opportunities yes. for advancement yes. by creating new master teacher and mentor teacher roles yes if i yes. if you were to tell me that hey you can get this much more in your salary if you become a master teacher. a master teacher and you can mentor somebody else yes 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 sign me up I will work as hard as I, I mean, I work as hard as I can yeah. anyway, but yes, I will work even as much exactly. as I can if you're telling me that I get to train somebody else. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's why I took on a student teacher yeah. this year. Cause I'm like, great. I'm making a difference. Exactly. Like, you're helping. You're but, helping create yeah. another effective teacher. Hopefully. Hopefully. She's wonderful. So She's doing great. I'm sure. <laughs> I know she will be. Um, what time are we at? Cause mm, I might. About an hour almost. Uh, okay. I'll just make these two quick points about motivating today's students and tomorrow's workers and then I'll talk very briefly about uh, two schools that are working so motivating today's students and tomorrow's workers is chapter five so if you're curious about that go read chapter five Um, but again I'm just kind of skipping for the sake of time um, because I wanted to get moving but this chapter goes over how growing up in the digital age has basically transformed the ways in which students learn and has um, it has a few different stories from students and that are like kind of two different types of learners Mm -hmm. and their ways of uh, learning are kind of affected but uh, there was one point in there and I didn't write it down but it's basically like because we grew up in this digital age um, our brains function so differently Mm -hmm. than other generations and we need to transform our learning into that as well it can't just like we've said before we can't just be teaching the way that we've taught for 60 some years Mm -hmm. we have to we have to adapt to how our brains are now functioning um but yeah that whole chapter there was a lot of good stuff in that chapter so maybe i'll eventually do that one but chapter six is titled closing the gap this is schools that work so this first one i think i liked more than the second one just based on how they do it, but they're both pretty similar. So this first one is called High Tech High. It is a school development organization that runs um, like a growing network of K-12 public charter schools that currently serve about 3,000 students in San Diego. And again, is that their real name? Like high tech people high. go here? Yes. Okay, high Tech High is a real school. Um, I, I, I should have sure looked didn't up use a pseudonym. No, I should have looked up because this is back in 2014. So I wonder if there are even more now. I'm not sure. I can Google it. As you yeah, think. go ahead. But these schools have gained international recognition for their highly innovative education practices and for their results. Since its first class in 2003, 100% of high tech high students have been accepted into college. 100% of their students have been accepted into college. Okay. I'm going to interject because this is fascinating. Okay. I 
literally just typed in Google high tech high San Diego. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing that pops up, it says connect the classroom to the world. And it's just videos upon videos of kids working with wood. Like there's wood shop. There's them building stairs, launching rockets, art galleries, like, Yes. And yet we like are getting rid of these things. And I have chills. It is <laughs> incredible. Like there's a kid on a hoverboard yep. that they clearly made. Oh. Yes. So that kind of leads into my next point. All academic content with the exception of 11th and 12th grade math and science is taught through inter- interdisciplinary projects. And even science and math classes are organized around project-based mm-hmm. learning rather than based on textbooks. So in order to pass from one grade level to the next, students have to show samples of their work collected in digital portfolios to a panel of teachers, students, and other adults from outside the school. They must also complete a 10-week internship in 11th grade and a senior project in order to graduate. I'm sorry, but if you live in this area, if you live anywhere in the San Diego area, you should absolutely look this up. Yes. Wow. And I'm going to read just a part from a teacher who works at High Tech High um, because I found it to be really helpful. Again, this is a school that does project-based learning. It's very clear in their website. Yes. (laughs) Um, This is a quote from a teacher that works there. She, I believe it's a she. Let me double check. Mm. sorry I'm not sure but she or he says teaching is different here because my focus is on individual students I know what Reed's personality is I know what Ian's personality is and I know how to how they learn and what they need we listen to them when we're planning a project if a student says I'm interested in learning about surfing we try to find a way to accommodate that in a project I'm more of a facilitator to them than the instructor sitting up in front of the class giving a lecture every day. It's also different because I'm teaching things that I'm interested in, often things that are new to me. We just did a project on forensics, for example. I didn't know I was interested in it until we started the project. So that's just kind of um, awesome. Yes. Talk about motivating. Like. What? Right. Oh, you get to just go into depth about something you love. And they have to do 10-week internships. <sighs> Incredible. Amazing. <gasps> There's a button that says lunch. Lunch. <laughs> I don't know. I was just curious if they like. But just even all of, so all of these students are also required to take California high school exit exams and their like star tests, which is their state accountability tests. But teachers do not prepare them for these tests. They just teach their classes. So there's no test prep. There's no AP classes. And they all still do well on these exams to the point where they're able to obviously get accepted into college because 100% of them at this point in 2014 when the book was written from 2003 to 2014, that's 100% of their students, all of them got into college. One of them was called Albert Einstein Elementary. So not to like Mm -hmm. go off too far on a tangent, but they also provide free breakfast and free lunch, which is really great. That's awesome. I know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Are we going to move to... You keep talking. Okay. Okay. So that is high tech, high um, project based learning. The next one is called the Met Network of Schools and it is a Um, a project of the Big Picture Company, which is a school development organization directed by Dennis Litke and Elliot Washer. 
So the big picture company's mission is to catalyze vital uh, changes in American education by generating and sustaining innovative, personalized schools that work in tandem with the real world of their greater community. Their goal is to design breakthrough public schools, research and replicate new designs for education, train educators to serve as leaders in their schools and communities, and actively engage the public as participants and decision makers in the education of our youth. Their philosophy is grounded in educating, quote unquote, one student at a time. Mm -hmm. So throughout their four years, all students spend two full days a week off campus learning through a year long internship in a wide variety of nonprofit and businesses in the community. So all four years that they're in high school, they do an internship each year and two days a week they are spending at that internship. So three days in school, two days at an internship. Um, Their co-founder, one of the founders, Elliot Washer, he states, instead of having students take classes and maybe eventually figuring out what their interests are, we start with helping every student to find their interests and then building a learning plan around their interests. And this is what the other co-founder, Dennis Litke, calls, quote unquote, interest-based learning. So again, This is another school that is allowing the students to learn based on what they're interested in and doing projects and internships and not just sitting in a classroom and listening to a teacher and doing worksheets. Um, There wasn't, I didn't find too much more. There's some other schools in there too, but those were the two I think that were the most. um, Well, this one has over 275 schools across the nation. Mm. So everywhere from California, Washington, New York, Florida, like Texas, Mississippi, like they are. They're doing it. (laughs) Clearly. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that our school can start to strive more toward is like we are doing a really good job Mm -hmm. by incorporating history and science and Socratic learning and like art. Yeah. All of the arts, you know, But I do think that we have an area of opportunity to grow in project-based learning and not just seminars. Well, no, not just like testing. Oh, testing, yes. Because we are very much like Mm data-driven. And I understand you have to have data points. Mm -hmm. I like how you used data and then data. And then data. Back to back. (laughs) Um, But we do need to, in my opinion, do more of this project-based learning and project-based assessment of students because a test clearly doesn't tell you everything you need to know about a child well yeah especially for those students that don't know how to take tests not even don't know how but are too nervous to take tests and things like that but and it's only going to get worse as they become more and more high stakes so exactly but I think I'll kind of end there if anyone wants more information on the global achievement gap honestly it is such a good read um there's so much more that I didn't cover and I mean I know that we can go down a lot of rabbit holes when we talk about things like this um you're good but I know that this doesn't necessarily I don't know it doesn't lean towards like helping you all in the classroom but this is like information that we should all be aware of we all need access to this yes And it needs to be more widely known. Like this was 2014 Mm -hmm. and what's come of it. Yes. That's where I get frustrated is like, this isn't the only 
book mm-hmm. who's argued this argument mm-hmm. you know there have been multiple sources that have said the same argument and nothing continues to be done which is the most frustrating part yes is like why mm-hmm. why aren't we as an american society changing things for the better it's confusing and it's frustrating and the fact that it continues to be reiterated year after year yeah book after book mm-hmm. study after study is infuriating let's do something about it let's do something let's about all it, come together we're gonna figure out a way yeah. to make our profession a highly um yes i would like to be on an equal playing field as my peers like yeah. i remember telling my friends back in college like I was frustrated mm-hmm. about something I was studying for. And they're like, you're an education major. And I was like, wow. <laughs> That's just how it's viewed. That hurt. I'm sure. Like that, that was hurt. a dig to the heart. Mm-hmm. Or like even before you become a teacher, like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure? I just wish it should be. It should be. <sighs> It should be more challenging and it's not, it's not. And I'm, and it stinks that it's so easy now to become a teacher and it's only getting easier and it is, it's only, like I said, we're going backwards. It's only getting easier to become a teacher. And I wonder how AIDS feels about that. Oh yeah. Like I, I'd be curious to know her thoughts on how she sees. I mean, and she, I feel like she talked about it a little bit, but not like we mm-hmm. talk about it yeah but yeah so that is the global achievement gap and well done read it if you have the time it is a lengthier book mm-hmm. but it is well worth the read love it so yeah love it love it love it positives positivos what are you positive about today <laughs> <laughs> oh there's so many things to be like grateful for in my life mm. um Gosh, I think just this past week, I don't know if I'm, I should say that. Like, given Thursday was kind of not planned, mm-hmm. obviously, it was nice to have the day. I did not feel good on Thursday at all. So mm-hmm. it was kind of nice to just sit and (laughs) relax be yeah relaxed for a day given Mm -hmm. the circumstances were not something I'd ever want to replicate um it was nice to just have a day to myself and rest and I also had a nice breakfast date with David this morning so that was so cute that was really nice it's nice I enjoy those moments yeah I keep kicking the kicks sorry (laughs) Uh, mine, I got my, or I did my wedding hair trial yesterday and I was so happy. Like she, this girl I found on Insta, no, I found her on like Wedding Wire actually. What is a Wedding Wire? Wedding Wire is a website that like you just type in what you need for your wedding. Like, like they have so many different, I mean, anywhere, anything you can think of for your wedding and it pulls up like, um, highly reviewed p 
people or vendors or whatever in the area that you're looking. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, that's how I found my makeup girl and the, this girl for my hair. And I just showed her like five or six pictures of what I was wanting. And she like took all the pictures and then made it into one perfect hairstyle. Oh, and wow. she like, just like with first try, like yeah. we didn't even like, it was a trial, but she just did it the first try and I was like yes amazing perfect that's exactly Done. what I wanted sign me up yeah so I was really happy with it and it's that's just great makes me excited there's 188 more days until my, oh my wedding gosh, now so so crazy and I'm just like getting so excited for all the wedding things bachelorette oh and bridal oh, shower yeah. and all that we gotta watch stuff. flights man I know I'm gonna look back up I looked oh yeah earlier I was looking too flights are nar nar right now sponsor us <laughs> sponsor our flight <laughs> who wants to pay for our flight to florida but they'll come down yeah it'll all be amazing it'll be great I we're know. gonna go to harry potter world and it's gonna be the best time ever yes it's gonna be so fun and drink some butter beer we need to get wands Yes. I have a wand. It's in my costume. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, who was it? Somebody was like, you can take my wand. It like works with all the oh, things cute. around Harry Potter world what? so that we don't have to buy our own. You 100% should take them up on that. I know. I'm trying to remember who it was now. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, well. But yeah. Okay. Reach out to us with your stories. Oh, please. We need to hear from you. We I want, want to do a teacher do a, tale. I want to do a beginning of year teacher tales. Let's do it. Okay. Teachers talk pod at gmail.com. DM us. Teachers under teachers underscore talk underscore podcast. You did it. I did it. Those are the two. Thanks. And we will see you next week. Next week is Taylor's week. <laughs> She's like, oh shoot, that means I have to do something. I think we go back to gentle parenting. Oh sweet. For a hot I was second. gonna say you've had those episodes for a while. Yeah, and we finally unpacked the house to where I think I know where the book is. Oh, so there you go. Things are looking good, people. Cool, cool. All okay, right, love you. Have a good week. Bye.